Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mindwalk podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything digital as it applies specifically in the mining industry. Today, we're going to be talking about, of all things, blockchain. Many of us have heard this term, blockchain. We've kind of heard the bell ringing, but we don't know where the mess hall is. <laughs> We've got a few guests here today, and we're going to unpack uh, firstly, what blockchain means, and secondly, how we've started employing that technology into the miner P stack to serve very specific value propositions in the mining industry. So, before I get started, uh, let me introduce our guests. Um, our first guest here, my colleague, Franco McGannon. Uh, Franco, why don't you quickly introduce yourself? Thank you very much, MP. So, I'm one of the product managers at Miner P, and I specifically take care of our business process engine called Mindforms. Thank you, Franku. And then we've got James McDowell here. James, I'll hand over to you to introduce yourself briefly, please. Excellent, MP. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for the time as well. My name is uh, James McDowell. I'm uh, CEO of Karis Chain. And so yeah, I'm involved, especially from a startup perspective, from T-Boy all the way through to the strategic uh, elements of what we're trying to do. And Karis Chain is a fairly uh, new company, am I right? Yes, so uh, Keras Chain, the concept formally came up around 18 months ago and our white paper uh, came out about a year ago. So again, for just under two years. And you'll be focusing specifically on, on, on blockchain in, in mining initially and then in other industries as well? Mining initially, um, our background though on the blockchain piece has been where we've implemented the same architecture in financial organizations, specifically investment banking, the gaming sector, SMEs, and so on. So it's really taking that blueprint and now adapting it to the mining sector. Okay, awesome. So if we jump in straight into the into the question, then what is blockchain? We've heard about you know cryptocurrency. We've heard about digital ledgers. We've heard about blockchain, the term itself, and other fancy terms being bandied around. But but can you give us a thumbnail explanation of what blockchain is? Sure. So um. Yeah. Blockchain is not Bitcoin and it's not cryptocurrency. However, the origins of blockchain comes all the way from 2008, from when Bitcoin was invented. Really, it's the underlying technology which is really important and which is going to drive blockchain. Uh, if you think about where we talk about data immutability and you talk about block and chains, it really is creating this digital immutable record where they are um, they persistent and they never gain you can never erase them you can never change or delete that original record whether it's privately held or in a public decentralized system such as bitcoin but specifically where we're looking at it is from uh, as we use ethereum the hyperledger system because that is a private blockchain that you're just creating this digital digital immutable record base where each record builds onto the other and you can see that uh, it persists forever. Does that mean then that, that in a chain of, for example, transactions or a value chain, I can almost stamp every activity or every transaction that takes place with all of the information that is required to uniquely identify that transaction? That gives me the ability to then go back and, and, and retrace what has brought me to the place that I'm right now. Yes, no, absolutely. You mm. are correct. Okay, fantastic. But, uh, Franco, maybe you can comment on this. Blockchain is also not a database, right? It is just something that works together with your 
other uh, uh, data sets. So blockchain seems like it's something that's been around for ages, but we've, got, we've had ledgers for the last two and a half thousand years. So the principle is there, but this application of the cryptographical technology to this principle, there's this ledger concept that we have, that is the game changer. It is not putting something in a database, it's actually making sure that it's completely reliable and trustworthy and shareable amongst people. I could try and summarize it in, in, in layman's terms, like uh, taking a transaction and putting it into an envelope and sealing that envelope properly so that I can make sure no one can tamper with the data up to that point. And if someone does try to tamper, there's also capabilities embedded in the blockchain technology that will allow me to know when someone tries to fiddle with this process, right? Yeah, yes. And then the other element of that is that the sharing capabilities, you have absolute control on who you wish to share data with. So right. it's a private organization, or say a minor, if you want to share the information with your internal audit team or with uh, external auditors or governments, internal groups, you have absolute control over that. And again, you can then regulate that. So if you want to just hand it over to a team so they can only, they're only allowed to hold on to the envelope but not open it, mm -hmm. then you can uh, control that. If you want, you give them access where they can uh, remove the glue and open up the envelope and see what's inside, they can do that and add a transaction to that or write another note and add it to uh, that envelope. All right, so, so it's about understanding the transactions but also governing who has access to the underlying data and, and being able to audit that. We've heard about transparency. So how does blockchain aid in this process of making data available for review later on? It's absolutely fundamental because you have, in terms of transparency, if we go back to the earlier conversation around Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is one end of the extreme where everything is transparent and you can download every single Bitcoin transaction, every single Ethereum transaction from inception right from the start and you can see the entire chain. Now that is uh, from a public decentralized perspective. But when you then flip it over to see, well, transparency, even in a private centralized system, you still have that transparency where you've got this immutable database. And if you want to go and, and look at every single record which has a unique crypto hash assigned, you can go and query a database. You can go and query um, however you want to see that information. And it's not only just the transparency, you get into data integrity. We'll, I'm sure we can, we'll discuss that shortly. Sure. Frank, in your, in your uh, implementations that, that we've done, I'm sure we've, we, we have a lot of application in the mining industry, specifically when it comes to the auditability of resource and reserve data, right? Due to the size and the complexity of the mining industry, there's a ton of information being created every day where people are being held legally responsible and they need to report on this. And with the distributed ledgers that we can have in the Bitcoin environment, there's applications from planning all the way to execution, rehabilitation, reconciliation, the downstream selling of assets, all of this in one place that is, as you said earlier, available for people to consume. So let's talk about specifically in the mining industry then. Some value propositions that we've been reading about and that we've certainly, and, and you as uh, Karashan have been talking about, simplifying compliance legal compliance, reporting compliance, etc. How, uh, how, how are we thinking about uh, the application of blockchain in the compliance world? Sure, so it goes back to where we're talking about transparency, data immutability, and I think, you know, just to clarify the statement about transparency, it's targeted transparency because 
yeah. as any operational, same as at home. Not going to open up the doors for everyone to understand, see what's going on, and yes. you know how you run, how you cook, whatever it might be, or how yeah. you operate at home. It's the same with the mining sectors. It's targeted transparency, and so that's why we use a private blockchain. So. If you want to share the information, as I said earlier on, to, with your internal audit team or with your accounting team, you can choose to share the entire uh, set of data, a subset of that data, and exactly what they can see, how they can interact with it, as well as the users, what they can do with that data. From how we see it, blockchain is there to augment and help enhance their existing processes. It's not there as a disruptor, it's there to help improve their processes, help reduce costs, help produce the redundancies because as Frank was saying earlier, you know, there's a huge amount of data and when you think about the complexity, there are over 500 mining software solutions that miners can use. How do you streamline that data and how do you ensure that you've got data integrity and you don't have duplicate sets of data coming in from different sources? Well, blockchain can help streamline and improve that process so that you know that the data you're operating off is the single trusted source of data. And that's where it needs to start is from provenance, being able to have a single source of data that you can then trust and then use throughout your business, whether it's from a, a CFO's perspective, from a treasury side auditing that when you make a business decision and it has you know, serious repercussions, whether it's cost, human logistics, you have that source of data to use and you can trust that data set. And then what you're saying is not that we are going to change the source systems, but that we are going to certify where the data came from. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so obviously that gives us a, a, a lot of trust in the data. And if we trust the data, we can use it and we can report on it. And the CEO or the CFO can stand and talk to analysts and, and uh, other stakeholders and with confidence state the status of their business going forward right absolutely and you know you talk about status and people that have to sign off mm. on uh, all reserves competent mm. people i mean you're putting your name on that you can go to jail if that's not correct yeah, and yeah. that's is if you trust that data it really brings a lot of comfort and protection to those involved um, in that in the sector and in that firm the the application here that doesn't only allow us though to look back but there's also forward-looking benefits. If we can trust the data that we're working with, we can engage with other stakeholders more smartly. Uh, we hear the term smart contracts uh, mm -hmm. being used. Uh, can either, either of you talk a little bit more about smart contracts and, and, and how that is used? Uh, maybe you can start us off, uh, James. Okay, sure. Well, I, I think if we look at the example of smart contracts, just say purchasing a house, mm -hmm. you know, it is an exchange of contracts, ideas, things have to happen before that house purchase can take place. First of all, you agree to buy the house um, right. in order to then say, well, to have certainty that the house I'm moving into is you know, sound from an electrical standpoint, um, structural and so on. You carry out various sort of surveys and those get signed off. Well, you can, in a traditional sense, you wait for that. It gets handed over to the solicitors and they all agree and sign off on that. You can put that onto a smart contract. So it's essentially just writing code that says automates that. So you satisfy a condition, mm -hmm. then you can move to the next stage. And so it's like Monopoly. If you don't pass go, you're not going to collect your $200. Well, it's the right. same with a smart contract. You put it in, satisfy those conditions. As those conditions are met, you then can release the fund. So you've done all your legal checks. Mm -hmm. That all gets signed off. 
then now that's fine, you've hit that stage, I must now hand over my deposit. That can go sit in escrow, and then we get to the next stage, and then we can automatically release the funds uh, to the seller. And you then take that concept of smart contracts and you apply it to the mining industry. And again, using so contracts, but thinking about it from a turnkey perspective, every single person that's involved in a mining sector, if you are looking at depletion, depletion costs, and how do you verify those depletion costs versus what's actually going on in the ground? Well, you can govern that relationship with smart contracts. Did that person satisfy their contract? And what is now the next stage and who verifies that? Hmm. So when you think about infantry, all of that, um, you can use smart contracts and essentially just um, creating code that just automates that entire process and it takes out any sort of human intervention that's required. So you reduce ability for human errors, fat fingering, in any sort of you know, misgivings that might happen or hmm. uh, misconceptions. And it also means that multiple parties can participate in this transaction, each bringing their little bit to the blockchain, right? So it's not only one company that governs this process, but all the participants contribute data and all of their data then gets safeguarded. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And, and then again, you know, you have the ability, those that can see the information, it's all about, we said, that targeted transparency. Those that you're on that relationship with, whether it's just internally within your firm or along the supply chain, mm -hmm. you can then open up your channel so that people can see certain amounts of information to verify. If you said you did this as part of your mind plan, well, you can actually open up and share that this is true to today, like what's happened, what you planned, what you said you'll do, and what's going on still. Right, so, so the mining process doesn't end at the exploitation phase, but goes right through beneficiation and transport and selling, etc., and ends up with rehabilitation. And right in between, there's the whole community engagement and and uh, social responsibility contract that we have with our communities. Mm -hmm. Franco, you you talked about environmental and social responsibility capabilities that can be unlocked with the application of blockchain. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? So we're living in a society where we're a lot more focused on social responsibility and being good people to each other and good people to this planet as well. If I go buy my wife a new wedding ring, I want to make sure that the diamond that it, that's set in there comes from a responsibly sourced environment. The gold that it's set in is not from some illegal mining operation that uses children to do the work for them somewhere in Africa. And using the blockchain and using the ability to prove the provenance of this, it allows me to ensure that I'm a social operator. So that's just from a private perspective. But from a mass uh, large corporation scale, I can ensure that the people that provide to me are complying with the right standards that they, comply, that they need to comply with, that they have the social responsibility taken care of, their people that work for them are compliant with regards to health and safety. And as I said, being a socially responsible generation, this allows us to interrogate that information without having to go through large loopholes to get the information from somewhere. Okay. And, and that is one of the first problem domains that Karishan wants to solve in the precious metals environment. James, am I right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Frank was talking about with the social responsibility side. No, our tagline is doing it right, because that's absolutely fundamentally what we believe in. Hmm. And, you know, you, if, you can, if you can show where the provenance that gold is, a great man once told me, you know, if you can do it from rock to ring, it's, it's a great term. I, you, may, you may have mentioned that. And, and that is essentially what we're trying to do. You know, you to, to give from a private perspective, individuals, consumers, the ability to actually choose 
uh, where they want to buy uh, or source their, um, their jewelry from. But more importantly, for miners and operators to actually show, well, you know, from provenance, this is how we operate. This is what we've done. Uh, we followed a remediation plan. This is our environmental angle. And making sure that there is that targeted transparency. And if they want to then comply with OECD, or if they want to then go sell uh, their goods into the London Bullion uh, Metals Association, they are able to then use that data, which you can show from source, what they've done, and you can rely on that data because there's data integrity. And mm -hmm. that's a key thing is, you know, we want to be able to allow firms to have that data integrity so it can be audited, shared, and managed uh, throughout the entire uh, supply chain for precious metals initially. So James, if I listen to this story, it sounds really good, but it sounds like blockchain alone will be able to solve this whole problem. So why the relationship between MineRP and Bancaris chain? Um, from your perspective then, how did this partnership come about and what are you looking to unlock uh, with this partnership? So in terms of that side, is that you know, when you look across the supply chain, our goal is to provide that transparency across the entire supply chain. However, you know, in order to do that, you need to start at point zero, which is provenance. And when we look at MineRP and we look at our incredible you know, your product suites and your depth of knowledge from discovery to the stockpile, that is a great starting point because you've got all of that information, you've got the data. And so that was in the start of the conversation to so, say, well, you know, that's a great partner to be involved with. Mm. But then more importantly, is as you spend time, as, and as we've spent quite a bit of time with Manopi over, the, I think it's the last five months or so, is that actually it's understanding the culture and the people and what makes Manopi tick. We see a lot of synergy there. And you know, we see the values. And when we look in particular, uh, Richard, our CEO, last time he was here, was just amazed, like asking every single person, how long have you been here? How long have you been here? And it's like 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 17 years. And on average, I think it's 11 years that employees have been at MinRP on average. And just you know, really understanding the culture and how that embeds and how that resonates with us, mm. that was you know, one of the most important clubs because it means that you do really work hand in hand and we are focused on the same goals and where we want to get to. Mm. And that is delivering that value to clients on that data and making sure there is that integrity, there's auditability and transparency and then moving that through the value chain. Yeah. So from our perspective, uh, I mean, MineRP is all about providing a platform that takes all of these fragmented uh, parties that, that contribute to the to the data pool that describes uh, the mine or the or the ore body at any given time, um, and puts that together in in a, in a spatial or onto the spatial platform. Um, what we wanted to add to that, of course, is is the ability to to properly secure and and certify the data in there and making sure that, uh, that that we know very clearly who contributed what, at what time, uh, who's responsible for which uh, a, a bit of the data and so on. The one thing that I'm sure many of our listeners will ask themselves as they listen to this is, we are talking about a lot of extra data here. Are we going to be asked to add even more data to into the process? Does this require extra work on their behalf? when they switch on the blockchain capability in MineRP. I'll throw that to you, Franco. Uh, as we've implemented uh, the, the Karachan functionality, 
into the MinorP platform. What does that entail? Firstly, from our perspective, and then secondly, from the user perspective. So a lot of people think that Industry 4.0 concepts will come in and disrupt your life. Just because it's called a disruptor does not mean it's going to take more time away from your day. With the blockchain method or the methodology that we're using to bring the blockchain into our system, it should be a seamless switch on the back end. And one day you'll realize that you have all this information available. It will not be any more work. If anything, it will take a lot of work load off people to focus on the correct things because you're not going to be running around looking for data trying to validate that the data is secure you're not going to have to bring auditors in to spend six months to make sure that every transaction was captured correctly once you've proven that the system is reliable and the system is trustworthy you only have to look at the data not the way the data was inserted and right. that's the big benefit that i'm looking forward to i know we haven't completed the entire product uh, set yet but we've done some some proof of technology work and some proof of concept work so how have we gone about uh, implementing blockchain into uh, MinorP? We started with the, the discussion between ourselves and Cruz about five months ago, and it was about the second week, or maybe third week, where we actually had our first instances up and running. And the benefit of working with somebody such as Cruz is we had bold experts, we had leaders in this, in this space, and we identified a solution on our side called our Unified Model Management, which mm -hmm. is a big system that tracks data and files and people responsibilities, people being responsible for decisions on top of this data. And we decided to embed blockchain capability in the back of this. Right. So as we said earlier, it's not a database, but we did insert all the metadata as well as the data surrounding these models into a blockchain. Model management essentially refers to the capability to identify which data sets were used in, for example, uh, the generation of a mine plan or the update of a mine plan, etc. So what we've done, if I understand you correctly, is to fortify that process, to make it robust and reliable so that we can certify each and every piece of data that was used in any specific mine plan, as an example. No, 100% correct. So you need to be able to, to prove what information was available for a certain responsible person the day you made a decision, and you need to be able to replicate that. So now we've got the blockchain, we can prove the trustworthiness and the validity of the data so that we can recreate all that information for them. And all of that is fairly uh, transparent and seamless from the perspective of the user. And it, 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 the user will not even realize that the blockchain has been enabled in the back end. Jens, I think we've, we've really covered a lot of ground. Thank you for your, uh, for your input. I'd like to ask any of our listeners also, if you have more questions about this, uh, now, by all means, get in contact, um, use the contact us uh, capabilities on our podcast page or on our web page. We'd love to hear uh, more from you. And James, just before we leave, we ask all of our guests, and we've done this with Franco before, so I'm going to skip him in this case. What are you interested in? What's on your bedside table? What are you reading? Uh, just for us to get to know you a bit more. <laughs> sure. Typically, I, I don't read fiction. Just I think lack of time. I've got two young kids, two very young uh, daughters, so there's not much free time outside of work in this. I've, I've recently just uh, finished The Circle. If you think about Google and uh, their headquarters and Internet of All Things, and essentially what they're trying to do is they talk about uh, transparency and making everything visible and how that impacts your, you know, how that impacts behavior. So if, if there were cameras, 
down at the beach, would you go down to the beach and then litter, have a fire and leave it there? Well, if you know the camera was watching you, you probably wouldn't. It would help change your behavior. <laughs> and it, it sort of goes back to you know, what we talk about with the blockchain. And, you know, you can see how that would impact. So when you start having data mutability and transparency, how that impacts the way people behave now and how that impacts, hopefully, you know, in a positive way down the value chain. That is a fiction book, but uh, I've also got the Lean Startup, which uh, try to learn what we can and pick up a few tips along the way to, to help us in our, in our daily battles. Well, from our side, thank you for your contribution here. And we're certainly looking forward to unlocking this world, making it more accessible to our clients. And uh, for, your, uh, for you and your startup, uh, all the best. We, we are looking forward to a, a fruitful uh, relationship between the two companies. And, and we are certain that this will unlock a lot of value. Uh, for the mining industry going forward. No, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, having us here. It's been an absolute pleasure.